0: Hi guys, this is Doug Fletcher. Welcome back to What's the Hazard. It is November 20th, Friday. Uh, this is episode number 49. So uh, as I mentioned before, we are we are creeping up on our one-year anniversary, which is very exciting for us. Um, quick observation. I guess uh, uh, I just want to thank um, teachers and nurses. My wife is a teacher. Uh, we have a number of friends that are nurses. The um, You know, they are... They're just really giving all they can right now for all of us. Uh, they're under a lot of stress, obviously, and so if you have the opportunity, you know, be sure to thank a teacher or a nurse. Um, you know, I think um, when we talk about COVID fatigue and things like that, this is certainly a couple of groups that are really weighted down by the COVID fatigue. So be sure and, and, and say thank you to any nurses or teachers that you run into out in the world. So, and again, check out our sponsors, we wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do this without our sponsors, Custom Concrete Specialists, Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, the good people at Safety Reports, and uh, my buddy Aaron over at Mid-America Martial Arts. So thank you to all the sponsors. Um, got a really interesting and exciting show today. I've been looking forward to this. Um, My guests today are with a company called Make You Safe. I've got Tom West, who is vice president of Make You Safe, and Matt Jens, who is one of their account executives, one of the account representatives. And Make You Safe is something that just recently came to my attention, um, which just goes to show you how limited my attention is, obviously, because they've been doing it now for a while, a few years now. And Make You Safe is a company that deals in data. They're kind of a safety data and analytics company, um, they make wearable technologies, which which is fascinating to me, and um, I've really been looking forward to hearing about this. So, um, Tom and Matt, thank you very much for joining me this morning. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you yeah, very you much bet. for having us, Doctor. And, and I hear. know that it's hard
0: to coordinate this, that, you know, these virtual meetings are hard to coordinate. It's kind of hard to sense when somebody stops speaking and when somebody's about to speak. So, we'll do the best we can, but I thought... You know, maybe Tom, you could give us a little bit of introduction to Make You Safe. It's a relatively new company and doing some really exciting things. So, if if you wouldn't tell us a little bit about the the origin story of Make You Safe.
1: Certainly, be happy to. Um, You're right. Make You Safe is now going on about a five year old uh, company. Uh, We're still very much a startup. Uh, We are a safety technology company, uh, safety data and analytics. Uh, In addition to having a software platform, um, which is really the heart of what we're doing, we're also bringing a hardware component of our solution to the market as well. And giving birth to a hardware product, you know, all the research and design and and development and iterations um, really uh, uh, is quite a task, requires an awful lot of time, effort, energy, Uh, investment, uh, we're venture-backed, but uh, to uh, our excitement, we were able to finally bring our our production product uh, to the marketplace this year uh, after scaling up uh, production and manufacturing it ourselves, and uh, unfortunately, we got our first shipment of inventory the day that COVID lockdown started. (laughs) Of course. So, um, you know, it's, it's uh, a credit to us and our customers, uh, really, that we had been pre-selling and arranging these partnerships with our customers. We received a warehouse, you know, full of uh, our hardware, finally, for the first time after doing pilots and betas for years. And um, nobody canceled anything, but it certainly has been a challenge getting out to visit their facilities and do installations and that kind of thing. Um, but their commitment to safety uh, has never wavered. Uh, it's just been delayed maybe because of the challenges we're all facing in this time. Um, but the origin of our company really is, is based uh, on our CEO and a co-founder of the company um, was doing a, a podcast after selling uh, a, C, a software company a few years ago. And his podcast was called the Advanced Manufacturing Podcast. He was you know, out talking to manufacturers about how they stayed relevant over the course of 100 years and continue to reinvent themselves. He happened to be in a facility one day when uh, OSHA showed up to do an audit because there were uh, uh, complaints of hearing loss. And being the inquisitive guy he is, he started to ask a lot of questions of uh, the regulators. And uh, the burning thought uh, or question that he continued to have all day long was, why are we waiting until incidents happen and people hurt in order to conduct investigations and try to find contributing factors? Can not we use technology to solve that problem? So uh, that was the the origin of our company. Uh, We now uh, produced, as I said, a hardware side and a software side to our total safety solution, if you will. Um, The listeners can't see it, but I'm actually wearing an armband here, right? So if you envision, if you will, something that's about the size of my thumb or a matchbox uh, that contains all the electronics, which we'll talk about, sensors, for monitoring risk and hazard. That's worn in an armband uh, holster, and it passively begins collecting data in real time about uh, exposures, uh, risk, and hazard that workers are facing. And it sends that to leadership for more informed decision-making about how to mitigate those risks, how to remediate those hazards. So, that's a little bit about. What That's we're fantastic.
0: Doing. So, so the um, the software side of this was the analytics portion. What are we going to do with this data? How are we going to analyze the data? Or what data do we even want? And then the hardware piece this this wearable device and it's, it is really small. I've I've been on your website a number of times. I've watched some of the video links that you sent me, which were really absolutely fascinating. But so it's a really unintrusive, small little device that you're wearing. Hard, probably. Uh, compared to the crap I hang on people when I'm doing industrial hygiene work it's probably unnoticeable Mm -hmm. and um, so what was the what was the first parameter that you were interested in was it I mean if you're looking at leading indicators preemptive statistical analysis my first came to mind was the slip fall thing to me you know where people you know so you have this accelerometer built into this device and so it's if I'm upright, if I'm horizontal, was it kind of a lone worker evaluation, or I mean, what was the first thing that really
1: caught your that's attention? That's a really good question, and I'm glad you you know use the phrase leading indicators too. That's a big part of our approach and how we're doing things. Um, you know, if you don't mind, because you mentioned the software platform and the data, um, there there are a couple of of key fundamental philosophies we have. One was that you don't need a room full of data scientists uh, to be able to understand or interpret or find immediately actionable what's happening. Uh, Two, uh, we wanted to gather data about environmental uh, risks and uh, what workers were experiencing without being big brotherish and do that from on the individual worker. Doug, as you know, You know you and i could be standing 10 feet away from each other and depending on what side of a machine we're on we might be experiencing completely different environmental conditions and then uh, in addition to that motion you're right slips trips and falls was a logical starting place for us uh, with uh, inexpensive technology and building lots of sensors into our wearable device uh, you can almost think of this like an industrial Fitbit, except we're not gathering anything right. that's personal. We're not looking inward at the worker, we're looking outward into what they're experiencing. So uh, gathering motion data, um, you know, providing our machine learning models in the cloud, using the power of cloud computing to figure out what's happening and just give you back an answer right? <laughs> so you don't have to figure it out yourself. We can begin to see trends. Right, we may uh, draw attention for a safety leader to the fact that there's an increase in slips in the loading dock area over the course of the last three days, and it happens late in the afternoon when you know sunlight's probably hitting that side of the building. There's increased humidity and uh, might be causing condensation on the floor, so we're able to see the the. Uh, correlation of those data points, right? What's happening, who it's happening to, where it's happening, and what the environmental context is around it. And again, these are leading indicators to potential risk. So we're providing an opportunity for, uh, you know, a forward thinking safety leader who wants access to this data to go take a look, conduct an investigation and observation, have a conversation with the workers, and uh, take corrective action, put controls in place before incidents result.
0: Wow. Man, that is incredible. I mean, you know, uh, my generation of safety people consider data analysis looking at your 300 log and then, you know, I've got three guys that cut themselves and two people that strain their back, and that's data analysis. And you're talking about literally generating thousands of data points constantly, it sounds like. I mean, that's,
1: I, that's real data,
0: real data million. analysis.
1: It's millions, but we don't want anybody to have to sort through, you know, that data themselves. Instead, we want to generate notifications to things that require their attention. You know, I, I've been, my background is in HR and leadership and management, so I've kind of touched on risk management and safety uh, in my past history. But you know, never ceases to amaze me how many times I still hear. That uh, you know, our safety committee gets together once a quarter, and we spread out all the incident reports on the table next to the pizza or the donuts, and we look for
0: patterns. <laughs> no, no, let's don't. We're not eliminating donuts, are we? I mean, that's no, no. not the intent I'm, of this. I'm a
1: fan. I'm a fan. Okay. But, good. You know, safety in the, the world of safety tends to be just one of those, you know, uh, notorious uh, hallmarks where we're we're. We're tracking those lagging indicators after things have already occurred or, you know, return to work rate, start rate. I mean, all of TRIR, all of that stuff. And there's a trend, you know, there's a movement. In fact, last year I, I happened to be invited to the Department of Labor to participate in a, an OSHA public forum to discuss Uh, the importance of leading indicator data and every major industry had their lobbyists there. And, you know, I was bold enough to say I wanted to be seated at the head table because I had something to say. Sure enough, they let me, but uh, you know, no one really knew uh, exactly what types of new standards they could build around leading indicators because every, Environment. Every facility, every business or operation is different. And, uh, you know, being in a pattern of boldness, I grabbed a microphone and told people what we were doing. And uh, I had a line of folks waiting to talk to me from all kinds of major industry associations just because what we're doing so inexpensively is very, very uh, needed, it's on the mark. And, you know, if you're struggling with compliance and you're gonna stick your head in the sand, don't want to know what's happening, uh, or you don't have the ability to act on it, then we're probably not for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for uh, sources of data that can help you improve your operation, if you're concerned about you know safety and welfare of workers and the culture that you're building, uh, you know if. if uh, You've got that rapport with your workforce so that uh, you can have those conversations and ask what's really happening. If you're interested in more near-miss reports, we haven't even gotten to that yet, Doug, or observations from the front lines, right? We enable workers to push a button and speak into our device and record a voice memo that goes directly to their safety leadership. So um, those kinds of things are what we're doing. and. Um, we've been extremely well received. We're very fortunate. We're, we're working with end-user industrial companies all over the map across industries, light manufacturing, distribution, even you know some pretty impressive places like foundries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're also uh, uh, working with workers' compensation insurance companies who uh, are are seeing that. Um, rather than being content writing checks to cover losses they would much rather have access to data so that they can engage with their policyholders preventatively uh, and deploy their significant loss control resources to solve problems before claims occur so that's fantastic
0: uh, yeah that's really fascinating wow i mean this could i I know i don't want to keep you guys all day but we could talk about this for hours it's really remarkable so Matt, um, you and I—we have a history. We've we've come to find out yeah. as we spoke before the podcast. We've worked together on some projects when you were in the private sector and I was with the agency. And um, yeah. so you, you're a safety guy, just like me. You're out there doing it yes, every day. And so um, I I knew about Make You Safe probably about six months or so ago. Maybe even a little bit longer than that. I think Tom and I had even corresponded at one time, just briefly. But I had a a mutual friend of ours, Aaron Anderson, Mm -hmm. on the podcast a few weeks ago, and Aaron is, in my opinion, one of the most innovative safety guys out there. I mean, for a guy who's actually in the, he's a GC with White's construction, really is always looking for new and innovative ways to improve safety. And so I know you're working with Aaron. Can you tell me just a little bit about what the companies that are actually out there doing this, what what they're using the devices and the data for? What are they doing? What are they interested in? Yeah, yeah,
2: good question. Um, boy, all sorts of stuff, you know, a lot of stuff that we've already hit on, right. A lot of the er- the ergonomics, the, the slips, trips, falls, the motion data. Um, one of the things, you know, to, to, to let you and your listeners in a, a little bit on, on some of the future stuff that we've got coming down the pike, uh, is just a generic physicality rating right how how difficult was my day today or, or how difficult was my week and you know what what can we do with that the whites people specifically are are doing some really um really cool stuff with that they they are gonna essentially try to uh use our data to um to put put fatigue alerts on people they're looking at our accelerometer data and saying you know wow jim had a really hard day today and you know maybe we need to look at what he's doing tomorrow and then give him a break a little bit or, wow. it, or maybe it was a, a week and and say you know um instead of pulling wire today jim is just going to be doing you know the finish work the terminating the sitting at a stool you know connecting wires and stuff rather than the, the super laborious right pulling wire so stuff like that, again, on a, from a very proactive level, are, are the things that um, that the companies are looking at. Um, sound exposure, right? I mean, there's there's all sorts of different um, uh, tools and, you know, rip saws and concrete drills and all sorts of stuff like that on a construction site that create crazy amounts of noise. And, you know, the assumption is, is that workers, you know, are constantly wearing their hearing protection, but sure. <laughs> as you and I know, sure. uh, that's not always, not always the case. Right. And so, so, you know, our device can, can alert. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. That was my question. So you,
0: you would actually get some type of notification that you are approaching your dose for the day or your dose limit or something. I
2: mean, exactly. Wow. Exactly. That's so our, doing. our device is constantly monitoring the noise, right? It's not picking up anybody's voice. We're not recording anything. We're just listening for, for noise. We're listening over seven different octaves and then we're taking that and we're, uh, we're spitting out the, the OSHA eight hour, you know, time weighted average number. Right. And then, so as soon as, if I'm out working on the site and as soon as I hit 90% of my daily threshold, our device is going to start alerting the safety team that says, hey, Matt's Matt's already, you know, he, he's 90% of his threshold. He's only three and a half hours into his shift. He must be really doing something noisy today. Somebody should go check on him and make sure that he's he's wearing earplugs. And if he's not, you know, boy, we got to get him out of there and assign him to something else the rest of the day. And we've had that exact example. Oh, my God. That, that is incredible. And now you,
0: you also, yeah. I noticed I was looking at some of the materials you sent me it indicates, uh, I'm assuming that's the TVOC is total volatiles. And then you've got CO2 yep, on there. Yep. So we're doing the same thing. We're it. doing just a, like a baseline monitoring of those levels. I mean, it's not a, we're not data. Yeah. Are we data logging those levels? I mean, is it going back to the cloud? And is it doing something it is, similar yeah. to what I would Actually, be doing?
1: Yeah, if you don't mind me jumping in. I, you know, what I probably shared with you, Doug, was, uh Kind of a, a diagram. Yeah, I'm yeah.
0: holding up the. I've got the anatomy right here.
1: Yep, with with all of the sensors on our device, and they're numerous, labeled. Uh, but I kind of like to talk about this in terms of four general types of data that mm-hmm. we're collecting, right? So first would be we, a number of sensors devoted to monitoring environmental conditions. So things like uh, low light levels or no light levels, uh, heat, humidity. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, we've got an air quality sensor on board that's monitoring organic compounds, TBOCs, uh, and other gases. You, know, you can think of that as you know, anything that gives off fumes, right? Blues and all kinds of stuff like that. The microphone on the device is acting as a full noise dosimeter that Matt was just describing. So we're monitoring in multiple octaves. Our upper arm location is advantageous for a variety of reasons. One of them is sound, we're within 18 inches of the head. Um, So that's a bit about environmental conditions. Second, we've touched on, would be potentially harmful human motion, right? We're using accelerometers in the device that are monitoring movement in three axes. And when that movement is detected to have exceeded a certain force threshold, which doesn't normally happen when you're walking or doing your job or even running. But, you know, if you're going upstairs and you trip over a step, that's the kind of motion we capture. Uh, We, you know, get that data, which looks like squiggly lines on a graph. We send that to our cloud computing platform that we call make you smart, where we can do analytics on it and use machine learning and artificial intelligence to try to classify and categorize what kind of motion that was. Was it uh, potentially a harmful motion? Was it no risk motion? Mm-hmm. Was it a slip signature? Was it a trip signature? Was it a fall? Was it repetitive? Have we seen it over and over again? Was it, you know, bending over and pushing and pulling with a high degree of force? Uh, In addition to being repetitive. So we return an answer, a classification based on building this cloud-based encyclopedia of motion types that has never existed before. Third would be whenever we detect one of those indicators, environmental or motion indicator, we identify the location within a facility where it's occurring so that we can display that on a facility floor plan. And then you begin to get kind of a heat map throughout a facility of the frequency of indicators being picked up by type over time, which uh, is a gold line, right, if you begin to study that. Mm -hmm. And then last, but certainly not least, is that voice memo recording feature that I talked about. right? A worker can push a button on the device, they have to intentionally hold it, uh, but they can leave only up to a 15-second voice memo. And it's, it's shocking, exciting for us that it's being used, sometimes alarming the kinds of things we hear. Right, right, I'm back here in a dark corner of the warehouse and there's a pallet of material on the upper rack that looks like it's going to fall over. Or machine number three is spraying a little oil mist into the walkway and creating a slippery surface. Um, you know, we have workers report things like you know, I'm in the, the, the molding room, and I was almost struck by a sharp object. Uh, you know, we have countless stories, and, it, and it's exciting. Sometimes right out of the gate, after 15 minutes worth of orientation with workers who will be wearing the device, uh, an hour later they leave voice memos. Um, you know, um, it, we had one come in uh, it, that sounded like, I'm sure uh, maintenance must have painted our floor last night but I'm guessing they left out the traction sand. <laughs> right. They probably used the wrong paint because it's like an ice rink bag. Right, right. You know? this, uh, this so remarkable. all of those things are, are brought uh, to the forefront. They're playable on any device on a smartphone. Uh, you know, with, uh, safety leaders walking around their facility, uh, they get immediate notifications about those things. And yes, you're right. We're, Right now, using and relying on generally accepted uh, thresholds and limits and uh, OSHA standards for things like, you know, time weighted average of sound dosage and those kinds of things. In the future, I see those being able to be customizable, right? And we already allow safety leaders to opt in to get notifications for what they they find important what's high priority for gotcha. them uh, as well as uh, verify and validate and confirm within our platform so every time they do that we're further training the artificial intelligence that is 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 getting more and more refined and more specific and unique to your operation and therefore you get more of what's important to you and you cut out the you know the chatter oh my god Man, I I love that.
0: So the voice thing. So every time I hang a dosimeter on someone, you know, I have to reassure them that it's not capturing all of the crap they're talking about their, their owner or manager or whatever. And of course, as, as uh, is always the case, I have to, you know, okay, it's not recording what you say it's recording, you know, the noise levels that you're exposed to or experiencing. So it is intentional. They must record with intent. They press down on the button on that little, on the the wearable device, they can record, as you said, for up to 15 seconds. I mean, uh, you know, there, there has never been a good way to capture near misses. I mean, if you have to go stop what you're doing and go write a report or fill out a form or talk to your supervisor, you're not going to get near misinformation, which is why we never we just get a fraction of near misinformation. So this kind of opens the door, in my opinion, mean, to, to ob- obtaining the near misinformation that we've always talked about wanting but never really had access to.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. All about
0: convenience, it. isn't it? It's convenient. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. We, yeah, when awesome. so we're
2: asking production employees, people who have quotas and deadlines to meet, to to you know, if you think about, it, to a welder, right? They often would have to de-garb, right? Take their gloves off, mm-hmm. their leathers, their helmet, and then we get now we're asking them to to walk 15 minutes across the facility to to their supervisor's office and fill out a paper form on. maybe something that, something that didn't happen, right? A near miss that could have happened, right? It's it's good to know about, but nothing happened. Nobody actually got hurt. And so, yeah, right. In the name of convenience, it's, it's, that's not likely going to happen, but if they can just stop what they're doing for 15 seconds and talk into this, you know, a lot of the voice memos we hear start with, I've been thinking about this for a long time, but Mm -hmm. I just hadn't told anybody, right. Which means, I just hadn't taken the time to, to walk right. across the facility and, and leave my my message, right? Write it down. And they leave their message. And, and, you know, again, like Tom said, that's often within the first week of us deploying somewhere, we get messages like that. So, and so, absolutely. so tell me about the
0: notification. Oh, I'm sorry. How, how, how does the designated safety representative or whomever you've chosen, how do they receive that notification? As you said, it comes to them on their smartphone possibly mm-hmm. because is there yep. a way then the company would have to, as you, the company would have to determine what is something that might be more imminent, you know, more time sensitive than something that can be then cataloged or listed or whatever and addressed in it. So um, is yep, there,
2: Absolutely.
0: are they getting a notification that they just got a memo or a, how
2: does that work? Yep. It, it can work a couple different ways. So everything, every indicator that our device detects, every piece of data will automatically get sent to our software platform, the dashboard, right? Within 30 to 45 seconds of it happening, it's gonna be on your dashboard. As Tom alluded to earlier, as a safety leader, I can opt in to receive, to also receive, a text message alert to whichever sensors I want, right? For example, anything motion-related, slips, trips, falls, are probably important to know about right away so that I can go talk to somebody and say, hey, I just noticed you slipped, What happened? You know, oh yeah, it's that cord running across the aisle that I just tripped on. Right. Um, but you know, something like, um, Oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, heat, right. High heat might not mean need to be acted on immediately, especially if you already have a decent understanding of, Mm -hmm. of heat around your facility. But yeah, absolutely. You can opt in to to whatever sensors you want to receive a text message alert immediately. They'll follow up on it. Be proactive.
0: That's incredible. And so, I can see, um, you know, once the employees that have been, this has been deployed to, once they become comfortable with this, you are probably just barraged with information, I would imagine, at some point. Is that, have you seen that? It's kind of like, uh, you know, the old graphs we used to see about ergonomic awareness. All of a sudden, you see this incredible spike in reports, and then it levels itself back out. Is that, is that a similar to what you're seeing when you deploy these?
1: Well, our intent is really to make life easier for the safety leader, not to cause alert fatigue or make their job harder. We're trying to provide uh, what I would call safety or risk intelligence. That is, uh, you know, you're right. I mean, if you deploy Make You Safe today. Over the course of the week, we're going to start getting access to data that you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. So um, there will be a spike in those indicator data points that are coming in. But over the course of the first few weeks, you begin to further train the model, right? And And it learns what normal looks like in your facility. Right so that we can bring to the forefront, give highest priority, the things that are most meaningful to you like, for example, uh, a recorded voice memo that shows up on any device uh, via our web app on the dashboard because uh, it's probably obvious those that somebody trying to tell you something that needs action, right? So uh, we don't want to quiet those things. right? Uh, instead, They're playable. You can listen to the audio file, even on your smartphone, and you get a voice to text translation. So, you know, if I logged in yesterday when I left uh, for my shift and then this morning I'm coming in and I'm taking a look at, um, you know, what's occurred over the last few hours, I'm going to see the indicators that have been detected based on my preferences. They're going to show up in the dashboards and If it's first thing in the morning and I see that there are four slips in one or two areas and I see a couple of voice memos, people trying to tell me things, and there might even be a trend or a pattern identified, those are are probably the things that I want to take care of this morning. Right? I'm going to go do my rounds, do my inspections, observations, be out on the floor or out on the job site, but while I'm out there. This lends some focus to who I'm going to talk to, what I'm going to talk to them about, some questions that I want to ask about, you know, what they're experiencing so I can better understand. And going back to something you said earlier, you know, another core uh, part of our philosophy is that we don't want to be intrusive. We don't want to be an encumbrance We're not doing anything that would create more of a distraction or a hazard. There's no buzzers or whistles or haptic feedback. And we're not collecting anything that's personal. We're not continuously tracking people. We don't care how many times you've been in a restroom today or how long you've been in the break room. If you slipped in the break room, that would be an indicator, right? And we would detect that. It's only when an indicator occurs of something being outside the norm that we identify the location of it. And Matt and I have both been at the table, you know, having conversations on one side is executive leadership, on the other side might be uh, union leadership. Sure. Mm-hmm. And they can be arguing, you know, beyond belief before we start the meeting. I think after the first 10 or 15 minutes when we talk about what we're collecting, why we're collecting it, what we're not doing and how it will be used, then it's a, uh, a common, you know, area of agreement. Oh, yeah, this is important. We, everybody should agree that we want optics and transparency and insight into actual working conditions Absolutely. so that we can fix problems before people get hurt.
0: That's really, that's a great explanation because I, I, I can envision that conflict you know, of, as you said, the um, how many trips to the restroom have you made today type of scenario where I think uh, people are always leery or skeptical about, you know, how that that information is going to be used or what. But I, I, I can envision, and maybe this isn't even on the, on the board, but this would be incredibly useful for, as you mentioned earlier, ergonomic stress evaluation, risk factor evaluations. I've been doing a lot of work with a number of my clients on uh, – Powered industrial truck pedestrian interactions. You know where are we having these interactions? Where we might be able to intervene and lessen the number of interactions that pedestrians are having with tr- truck travel and things like that. I mean, it, it just seems to me like you know the the opportunity to study some of these interactions. Could you even, you know, can you even monitor an employee's proximity to danger zones and things like that? You're too close. You've, I mean, this could this could replace, um, you know, like the uh, proximity sensors and things that we, you know, the sick sensors and things that we cast out onto the floor, if the employee enters that defined danger zone and there's some type of a notification, uh, you really, you can focus heavily on where these real hazards exist. I mean, it's just, I mean, maybe I've watched too much Star Trek or something, but man, I mean, I think you've, I mean, the, the opportunities are endless, it sounds like. But you're exactly right. The
1: future is really exciting for us, right? Uh, we've been uh, going through design and engineering of hardware and building our software and then finally getting to market, uh, you know, being rather meat and potatoes, I guess you'd say, from an industrial hygiene point of view, right? We've got numerous sensors. We're collecting things that have never been collected before from on a worker, and we're doing that in real time. Uh, we're enabling uh, effectiveness and efficiency for safety leadership, but uh, there are awful lot of possibilities. Um, one of which um, we realized after COVID lockdown occurred, right? We started listening to and engaging with our customers. Uh, we couldn't get there to help them launch a new safety initiative as quickly as we'd like, but uh, in hearing the challenges that they were facing, we realized some things, you know, everybody's heard the term contact tracing by now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but nine months ago, it wasn't even part of my vocabulary. Um, we realized that because we had, uh, you know, data from individual workers' wearables and we had locations of where those readings were being picked up, we could revisualize data that we were already collecting and see worker contact. So if somebody is diagnosed with COVID or has had exposure in their household, you know, for a safety leader to pull an on-demand contact tracing report will help them work more effectively and efficiently. Um, We were only taking those readings just a couple of months ago, every five minutes. And now we've sped up that you know snapshot of environmental conditions with a location identifier to every one minute. So we're able to get more detail about contact tracing. We can see things like uh, density of a worker population throughout a facility. You know, there may be some areas of the facility that are obvious where we've put up plexiglass partitions, right? Or increased sanitation schedules. But what about those other locations we didn't realize people were congregating in? trafficking so heavily and then we get to really exciting things now we've got a connected worker we're collecting data about a variety of things we're doing that in a non-creepy invasive way but you know proximity of worker to worker enables some things Um, future implications proximity of worker to equipment enables some controls some safety measures to be taken and we're already in research and development on some things like you know, controlled access. Who is certified to get into this area or work on this piece of equipment? Um, we started asking questions like, what if we can speed up or slow down a production line based on how many workers are present because we've detected their wearables in the area, or if three of them had decided that they just took a break, right? We can slow down that production line. So there's, there's lots of implications. Wow. In addition, I think the future holds things like lean productivity mapping, right? Forward plan traffic mapping, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, a simple idea in, in these times of COVID Uh, Matt and I have both been out to construction sites where they've got a table and a tent set up in front, and they're manually screening temperature for everybody who comes into the job site. We've got a base station kiosk. You can see some behind me for you, Doug. But a worker walks up to that base station, enters their unique identifier, and checks out a wearable device for the day. Um, It would be terrific, and we've already started experimenting with, uh, temperature screening based on checking out a device at the base station. So a device may not be checked out if you have a fever. It might just give you a message that says, "Go see Doug, your safety leader, for mm-hmm. for um, next step." Incredible. I and um,
0: Matt, I got one question le- left for you, buddy. Um, you you had talked yeah. about this, um, the evaluation of uh, fatigue. You know, tracking. <laughs> You know, kind of like that, uh, what is it, the um, AGC, you know, this, uh, if it's, the, you know, these heats, you know, this, you know, we've got this thermal issue, yep. and so we're trying to modulate or regulate how much work we're allowed to, you know, to perform under those conditions. I mean, uh, those those are just incredible um, opportunities. Um, what else have the company has come to you and asked, hey, we would really like, to be able to do this. I mean, are they bringing those ideas to you? And um, so yeah. you're, now you're like, Oh my God, we never even thought of that. Well, wow. I mean that those are incredible. Yeah.
2: To me. Yeah. Uh, you know, a few more and um, you know, Tom, might be able to weigh in here too as well, but things like um, things like, and you kind of alluded to them as well, Doug, but geofencing, right. With the ability to do proximity, mm-hmm. if we're on a construction site and we have an area that is you know, uh, we have a, we have an overhead work hazard, right? People working up top, you know, don't walk underneath here. Um, uh, we, we can essentially fence off that area. And then if somebody walks under there, we can create an alert again, that says, Hey, you know, Doug, you know, go, go talk to, to Jim, your worker. you just walked through a, uh, you know, a hazardous area. He might not know, right. Or he may have missed the sign, or maybe the sign got knocked over or moved right. or something. Right. Um, similarly with, you know, kind of a, a um, a down down area in a maintenance and a facility, right? Um, so this area is, is constantly—you're not constantly, but it's periodically under maintenance. We're going to zone it off and say, you know, from from this time period, um, nobody except for these three people are allowed in here, right? And so if I have a device on and and I'm lost and I, I meander through there a device is going to uh, ping back to you and say, you know, go check out Matt. He's lost. He's, he's walking around <laughs> in an area he's not supposed to be in. Right. right. Oh, if my boss there. would have had that, I'd have been,
0: <laughs> I'd have been in trouble. It's incredible. Yeah. I, I just hey, think one, it's so exciting. It's, it's, the, uh, the possibilities are really remarkable.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'll you know, in we're not. After you're done, Matt, go ahead.
2: Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, Doug, you mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, right? Technology is, it's a newer thing, especially in the construction world. You know, when we think about technology, we think, like you said, looking at 300 log, looking at audits and, and like Tom mentioned, spreading it out. And, you know, I just want to be sure that we're, cause I've heard this from, from my construction clients that, you know, my, you know, I'm just so used to boots on the ground. You know, we're not trying to take the place of boots on the ground, right? If you have a critical pick happening on your site, there is, there is no technology technology that's going to substitute you being there on site, observing, being present. Right. And we're certainly not trying to do that. We're certainly just all we're trying to do is augment what you're already doing. And and like Tom mentioned earlier, we're we're here to come alongside you and help kind of guide you in the direction to, to say, here's, here's some areas that you might want to take a look at. Right. Um, construction specifically just because that's, you know, thinking about Aaron Anderson and the whites Mm -hmm. group, that's just an inherently, risky, riskier business, right? It's not, we're not building widgets. Every job site is different. We're in the elements, the elements change with the seasons. Um, there will always be, you know, risk inherent risk with, with construction. And and we're simply coming alongside these guys like, like Wes Buckland on site there whites, um, to say, you know, let us help you. Let us give you some more idea on where you should be spending your time. Right. And so that's, that's where we've really, had success and um it's just again showing them where to spend their time and and helping them be more efficient
0: well that's that's the importance of the data i mean that you know absolutely i mean and and the majority of us deal uh oftentimes we're working blind to some degree because we don't have a lot of data available to us to make those educated decisions i think it's incredible tom what you had something you wanted to say and then i'd love to if you guys could just share with me how people can get more information um, how they can find you or what they should be doing if they want they want more i i 'm going to have to set up some kind of an arrangement because i 'm going to be out here selling your product for you i i I think it 's fascinating <laughs> I see application all over the place for what you 're doing and um, I hope i 'm around long enough to see how it evolves so Tom, did you have okay.
1: Could be a lot of lunches in your future. <laughs> there you go, there. man. Oh,
0: after twenty five years with the government, I'd take a free lunch, I guarantee it.
1: <laughs> um, well going back to what you asked about, do we get input and suggestions from our customers? Yes, we do. And and it's really shaping, you know, that kind of feedback and, and the insight uh, uh, contributions are, are shaping what we're doing for the future. Right now we have this we have this connected worker and data from the worker. Uh, the heart of what we're doing is really the software platform, which is in the cloud, and allows for exchange of data in or out with other systems. So this movement toward Industry 4.0 and the connected, you know, factory systems and equipment that everybody is starting to have—wouldn't it be great to draw things into? the make you safe or make you smart platform that give additional context to what the worker is experiencing, right? A good example of that would be we're actually co-located in a company that sells innovative solutions for industry. They have things like uh, IoT-enabled light curtain devices, right? Wouldn't it be great to see, since that data is being collected and being sent somewhere on the internet, to be able to see that alongside people data, you can tell how many times a piece of machinery was improperly shut down where the light curtain was triggered, right? What if we, on the other hand, uh, I, I wove together an example earlier, right? We've got an increased number of slips and trips over the last week in the loading dock area when temperatures and humidities are on the rise. We could send that data without the uh, need for a a person, a safety leader, engaging directly to the HVAC system and turn on air handlers to mitigate that risk whenever conditions are changing and and, uh, heading in that direction. Um, You know, we hear things like all the time like the need for uh, covering remote and field workers when they're not in a facility, which is kind of our immediate wheelhouse, right? Uh, but a lot of them have access to uh, constantly connected smart devices or their truck. Um, being able to capture that data in real time. You know, uh, loan worker man down alerts are something we don't do today. But I'm certain we'll get there at some point in the future when there certainly is a big need. So, yeah, there's all kinds of, of um, future uh, improvements and evolution on the horizon for us is really exciting. It it's is great. fantastic. We've got a terrific team that's growing. Uh, guys like Matt, who you know are safety experts um, out there in the field talking about what they know to customers and help them solve problems. Uh, there's an awful lot, because you asked, there's an awful lot of information on our website at makeyousafe.com. Uh, and there's no E, M-A-K-U-S-A-F-E.com. Um, there are some really interesting things that either Matt or I would be happy to share. Um, things like summary of findings from uh, paid pilots that we conducted last year with a variety of companies um, available on our website uh, at make slash pilot. You can follow us socially. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook and post just about every day. And uh, we're, We're trying to inform and educate and uh, hear from the field, um, you know, how things could be used, how we can make a difference and make sure people go home every day safely to their loved ones. So, uh, you know, no uh, overly uh, eager sales pitch, but we certainly would love to talk with anybody who is thinking about innovation and safety uh, and how technology can be used. I speak to an awful lot of audiences and I hear some really surprising things uh, and it, and it sh- shapes where we're going in the
0: Absolutely. future. I'll bet. Fantastic. Interesting. So it's makeyousafe.com, dot make com, M a K U S a F E make And so they can, they can find either of you on the website, hopefully, and get in touch with you. Um, get some questions answered. Perhaps I, I have to apologize. I think I said, wow, five times. My mom is an English professor. She's gonna. I'm gonna be in trouble if she listens to this because I, I need some new adjectives apparently. Uh, but it is fantastic. I, I got to tell you, I'm just fascinated. And uh, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Thanks for sharing this with me. I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna start spreading the word. I think this is. Well, you, you're already as if you need my help. I'm not. You know, I'm not suggesting that you need my help. But I think I just. I can envision many of my clients and other facilities that I have visited really benefiting from this technology. So uh, Tom, Matt, thank you guys for joining me today. I appreciate it. Um, Keep up the great work. And I am, like I said, I'm going to be paying attention. I want to see where you guys go with this because I think it's going to be incredible. Um, Matt, say hello to Kelly and uh, Aaron and and our mutual friends, if you would, please. Um, Yeah, you bet. I I appreciate that. So guys have a great weekend. Um, Thanks everybody for listening. Um, Man, this was great information. I think you're going to really appreciate that. Um, Make sure you go home today and uh, kiss a teacher or a nurse or something, or if if your wife isn't one of those or spouse isn't one of those, you know, maybe just say thank you. But in the meantime, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.